At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to our newest season of Humane Podcast in 2021. Humane is your first look at the startups and industry titans that are leading and disrupting ML and AI, data science, developer tools, and technical education. I am your host, David Jakobovich, and this is Humane. If you like this episode, remember to subscribe and leave a review. Now, on to our show. Welcome back, listeners, to the Humane Podcast, your channel to launch AI products, discover tech trends, and augment humans. Today on the episode, I'm bringing with you the chief scientist of ASAP, Ryan McDonald. Ryan is joining us from the UK and has a seasoned career in all things customer experience around AI and advanced systems with humans. Previous to joining ASAP, Ryan was a researcher at Google and at a university in Europe, the Athens University of Economics and Business, as an associate researcher. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, David. Ryan, prior to joining ASAP, I'd love to hear about your career on what got you excited doing research at Google and at the university level, how that career took you to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I did my PhD at the University of Pennsylvania in natural language processing almost 20 years ago, as it is. And after that, I joined Google and I was working on machine learning, artificial intelligence for a number of different consumer products at Google. So search quality, machine translation, Google Assistant, uh, you name it. And I was very fortunate to sort of see artificial intelligence really bloom there as it bloomed throughout the industry. And it went from kind of a niche technology to something that's at the the heart of most technological companies today. About, I would say, five years ago, I really got interested in enterprise problems. So, uh, you know, problems in customer care, problems in document understanding, in healthcare. And I, I really got interested in these because they offered a different set of challenges over consumer artificial intelligence, consumer technologies. In the consumer space, so um, think search or ads, there's basically a single service that everybody uses. And the, the research and the artificial intelligence that is being driven at that particular modality is to really get incremental gains because incremental gains can lead to large wins in terms of revenue, uh, quality, these kinds of things. 
Enterprise is totally different. The kinds of problems that deploying AI uh, runs into for enterprise is more about scalability. Instead of having a single user of the technology, we have you know, hundreds of users of the technology. And how can we deliver a, a unique experience and an excellent experience to each of those users? And this necessitates questions around adapting machine learning and natural language processing models to new domains in terms of training new models with the least amount of training data that we can get human intervention. And I enjoyed working on that a lot. And, you know, in that process, I got introduced to ASAP. And I was very excited when when I started conversations with ASAP because what I really liked about their approach is that they were laser focused on one particular area that was customer care at that time. There was a broader approach about AI for augment and human activity. But at, at the moment in time, we, we have this laser focus on trying to leverage AI to really transform customer care. And what I was really excited about that is I had come to the conclusion that the only way to really make transformational changes in enterprise is to be fully integrated with the clients, have holistic solutions for the the area that you're trying to make impact in. In ASAP and customer care, we've developed our AI-native customer experience platform, uh, and that's really what that is. It's a holistic solution. It's developed with AI from the bottom up. So everything about the experience, the user experience, when the models are called, it's just seamless. And that's really how AI can can have an impact on on enterprise software, uh, in particular in, in customer care. So yeah, that's kind of where I was coming from. I got super excited about this, this laser focus on one area and, and generally the hypothesis and the attitude that we're really only going to make large changes uh, by having holistic and seamless solutions to these problems. I think the customer care industry, as you've mentioned, is so important. And it's fantastic to see how your experience has led you today right up to building the future of customer care and customer experience or directed automation at ASAP. And as you mentioned, automation isn't only binary. We talked about this prior to the show, but that it's about augmenting humans. Can you talk to us more about your thoughts on automation and how you're working on that continuum here at ASAP? Yeah, absolutely. So um, at ASAP, we we really want to put humans at the center of AI. So we're really interested in problems where we think AI can be used to automate or augment human activity for some positive outcome, whether that's efficiency, better satisfaction with the work, whatever that outcome is, but some positive outcome. And as you mentioned, customer experience is, is this great space, customer care. There's lots of challenges there. You know, just from a, a business perspective, $1.6 trillion is lost in American in American companies by people changing services due to bad customer care. We've all been there. We've all called in a call center and, and had a really bad experience. Because of this, these companies, they're spending $600 billion a year addressing this with various platforms out there, customer experience and customer care platforms. But also, there's a really high attrition rate in customer care, 40% per year. So clearly, because of all these things, there's this, this big opportunity. And quite frankly, there's antiquated solutions in the space. And so, you know, there's there's a great chance for AI just to have a large impact. And when I mean antiquated solutions, I also mean sort of antiquated thoughts around artificial intelligence. I think a lot of players in this space see a binary landscape, as you put it. There's bots and there's humans. 
AI should be focused on bots. We should just be trying to automate as much as we can, and we should be trying to contain as many customer care issues from humans as possible through bots. Of course, bots have an important part of any solution in the space, but at ASAP, we also recognize that there's a huge opportunity to augment human activity. So for those calls that bots can't handle, they're too complex, maybe the the customer that's calling in is irritated or having a problem and they have to speak to a human agent, there's just a huge amount of opportunity for AI to augment that particular activity. So we really want to look at cases where we can try to make that human more efficient. They're dealing with these complex issues. They're dealing with potentially angry customers. How can we recommend things for them to do, recommend things for them to say so that they can solve the issue more efficiently so that they can lead to the highest customer satisfaction. Because the current platform or the current landscape of solutions is not that great, we have a lot of willing partners, which is excellent as well, who really want to try out innovative things and really want to push the needle because they recognize that big solutions in this space are going to pay a lot of dividends for them. And that's what I I mentioned earlier, our our AI native customer experience platform. And that's essentially what it's designed for. It's designed to have humans at the center for those calls that get to humans. A seamless experience where artificial intelligence is helping those human agents to solve these really complex problems. And it's our belief that only by building this full experience can we really have that kind of transformational impact on the space. I've seen that firsthand in the industry. In fact, my sister has worked as a customer care lead for one of the major healthcare companies, United Healthcare Group. So I hear mm. a lot of anonymized stories about the pain points <laughs> that that she experiences working in the field. And part of that is, as you rightfully said, the attrition of her colleagues over the last couple of years because of the demands of working in the customer care space, right? Making sure that you're getting those agent calls and providing that success with the limited resources you have. So I, I've learned from her and sounds like a solution, like what's being built at ASAP could be great for a company like UHG and many others as well. Yeah, definitely. That's exactly the the sort of use case we're going after. I also think about the enterprise space as well. In my current role at Single Store, I report into the director of customer success. So when we're thinking Mm -hmm. less about the customer care case from the call centers and the users, uh, you also mentioned, Ryan, about the enterprise space. And so I think of customer success and when our customer success managers and team leads are having calls with enterprises. I thought back just a few weeks ago, one of our customer success managers it reached out to me, said, hey, we have some follow-ups from the client based on this project. And we started discussing, and a lot of information was lost in translation. I, I felt that in the conversation, we were you know, potentially going about in a couple circles trying to discuss who said what, what insights were gleamed. I think we have to get back on another call with the client. We missed some information. So it sounds like you know, us as humans, right? our memory is fallible. There's a lot of information that we need to be augmented by, sounds like that might even be a good use case for uh, ASAP. Absolutely. And I think it shares a lot of commonalities, even with the customer care case, right? I mean, a big objective of call centers is they don't want customers to have to call back on the same issue. And so part of that is making sure that the agents, when they're dealing with that issue the first time, they're following the right flow, they're asking the right questions, they're getting the right information that they need in order to solve that particular case. And and this is exactly the technology we're building out, right? How can we sort of regularize that? How can we 
look at the conversation and the issue that the customer is happening. That's sort of embodied in the dialogue, you know, up to a point in time, and then allow AI to make, you know, recommendations to the agent. Uh, here is a workflow that we think you should use and all the steps you need to follow in order to solve this issue. Here's a knowledge base article that we think will have a lot of information that will help you solve this issue. Here are some suggestions of what to say next. And these can be questions, information to elicit so that we get you on the right path to solving this issue. And I think these are really the same problem. We want to make sure that information is gathered in in the right way, in an efficient way, but in a way that is going to solve the issue, ultimately is going to solve the issue uh, in the most satisfactory way for the customer and the company. I can't help thinking about customer success that there's so much being solved, not only for the company and the customer, but also for the agent. I'm thinking back to the scenario with, with my sister in the sense that there could be so much cognitive load. I'm just imagining her right now taking all these calls back to back to back. And there could be a lot of routine issues that are not very exciting uh, from the agent perspective or not very challenging. And software like being built at ASAP can help reduce that cognitive cognitive load. It sounds like from what you mentioned before, Ryan, that helps improving satisfaction. That helps improving the experience, not only for the customer, but also the agent. Absolutely. And I think, you know, a key area of focus for us is how to build our our platform so that it does help the agent. And it can help the agent in a number of different ways. One is, like you said, it can try to balance that cognitive load. We can think of you know, trying to eliminate some mundane or routine tasks from their job. But there is a flip side to that. We've actually just today released a report called CX the Human Factor, which is a large survey study of agents about their job. And one interesting aspect there is that agents do once in a while want to do mundane and routine things. I think it's like everybody else in any job that you have, you want a mix of easy wins that motivate you, but you also want to be challenged and you want to handle complex issues and you do want the ultimate satisfaction of solving a really hard problem. And so, I mean, there's a couple of things we can do in this space. One is, you know, have our software try to optimize how we assign issues to agents to make sure that their cognitive load through the day doesn't get too high or, or too low. You know, and this is also dealing with customers. Customers have uh, different personas from angry to sad to happy, you know, making sure that they're not only dealing with angry customers all day. So I think that's a particularly exciting area. How can artificial intelligence, first of all, identify what issues are hard, what customers, what are the traits of the customers calling in, and then how can we optimize for that sort of to make the agent's job as satisfactory as possible. The other thing from the study, which I found quite interesting, is that agents find um, real scenario training to be much more effective than reading a manual. And, And that makes sense, of course. And in particular, since COVID started and a lot of these agents are working at home, the opportunity for these kinds of trainings uh, have lessened. And in the survey, they've definitely responded that's the case. So how can we use artificial intelligence to try to build tools to train agents uh, and get them the skills that they need in order to handle these complex cases so they're not just kind of thrown into the fire and they have to deal with a new issue that they've never dealt with? Are there ways artificial intelligence can be used to help them? Certainly, the tools we've already built so far 
where we make recommendations to agents, like use this workflow or, or say this thing next. That definitely helps. And, and we can already see learning curves of agents coming into the call center. Those learning curves are much steeper because the artificial intelligence by suggesting these things to the agents is ultimately teaching them the right way to handle certain issues. But even going beyond that, I think is quite exciting. How do we actually onboard agents, get them up to speed as quickly as possible, but also offer them continuous training throughout their job so that they feel happier about their job and they're, they're less likely to leave. So diving deeper into the training narrative, I have a huge passion for the education industry. I previously led scale training at both General Assembly and Galvanize. So it's something that I find really fascinating. And a few weeks ago, I spoke to Daniel Pianco of Achieve Partners in the venture industry about how they're working with training with healthcare workers and legal workers and all across the industry. Training is definitely the phrase that has been needed the most, even beyond the pandemic. We've seen that acceleration in all regards. So thinking about that here with agents, I'm wondering what could that solution be? We know just in September 2021 that Amazon came out and said that for all call center and logistics workers who stay at the company for more than 90 days, Amazon is going to be paying for a full bachelor's degree for over 750,000 workers. So I'm wondering if you have some input or, or some thoughts on that with the training side. Yeah. I mean, I, I read about the Amazon uh, case a, a couple of days ago. That's quite amazing. My general thought is that in particular for um, agents in customer care, one really great thing about that domain is we have just lots of examples, right? We have historical records of conversations that have happened in the past. We sometimes know what the issues are. We often know what the tools are that are being used to solve those we know for those historical cases, what were the characteristics of the agent? Was the agent a tenured agent? Has it been somebody who's been at the, the call center a long time? We also know what was the outcome. Did that conversation lead to a good outcome? And that could be something like a high customer satisfaction score, or the customer didn't have to call back, or things like that. And for me, in customer care, that is kind of the gold. We need to mine that gold, understand, okay, agents, tenured agents, that you know have a lot of experience in solving particular kinds of issues, here are the things, have artificial intelligence, understand here are the things that they tend to use and they tend to do to solve those problems. And how can we have the models learn that and then transform that into some artifact that can then be used to train new agents on those issues? I think there's just a rich tapestry of research in that space. And, and the nice thing about it is it's not a you know some second order effect we will be creating tools that are going to be used directly by the agents to solve the problems that they need in their job and i think that's going to help them get the tools they need to sort of be happier and more effective at their job at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. I couldn't agree more. And I think what I'm hearing is the competitive theme here in the show today is about augmenting humans. <laughs> and uh, it's different than necessarily prioritizing AI tasks to do things that humans do better today. I, I think of the catastrophizing example of the Boston Dynamics parkour robots or you know Elon Musk bringing to stage a robot that's dressed as a, a human or a human <laughs> dressed as a robot that would be your, your agent in the future. Yeah. But that's not necessarily the future that we're moving towards. It may or may not be a better modality. It might be focusing on these repetitive or mundane tasks that can help human workflows do better. Can you tell us some examples of things, Ryan, that you've seen that humans do well, but would be difficult to automate and vice versa? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's um, definitely situations. So artificial intelligence, machine learning is really good at multivariate problems. So they, they're certainly good at recognizing repetitive things and memorizing that behavior and, and repeating it. They're also really good at multivariate problems like optimization. So something that's very important in the call center is, you know, how do you root calls? You get a number of different calls. There's a bunch of queues, people with problems. We have agents on the other side. We know a little bit about what's happening in the queues, the people waiting to be served, and we know the current state of the, the agents. And how do we optimize that for things like throughput to get as many issues through as possible? But also, as I mentioned before, how do we optimize that so we're not burning agents out, right? That the, you know one agent isn't getting all the hard issues uh, and other agents are getting all the easy issues. And that's the kind of thing that you know artificial intelligence, machine learning, that's where it, it thrives, obviously. On the flip side, there's certain, in particular, interpersonal cases and just kind of real world knowledge, right? So it's going to be much harder for a bot to deal with an upset person, a person who's got an urgent need or some complex exception or something like that. Certainly humans have more empathy and they can deal with those problems better at this point in time. So these are, we're not talking about complex issues, just more like complex emotional states. But there are other cases, you know, the one like I always like to think about is somebody is calling in and let's say to an airline, they're calling in to the call center of an airline and they need to change their flight for tomorrow. And the agent looks at the, the information and they see that that person is traveling with three children or something like that. They will immediately understand that someone who's traveling with three children would not want to be on a flight at midnight or, or very late in the night or something like that, that there's constraints there. So they would probably prioritize flights that are, are more family-friendly, more friendly to when kids would fly. Whereas a machine learn model, unless it's explicitly programmed for that or sees a huge amount of data to really learn that kind of subtle, complex need of someone who's trying to, to travel, is never going to really understand that. It's probably just going to suggest the next available flight or the cheapest flight or, or some other dimension to optimize on. And I think those kind of complex cases that really need some level of world knowledge, but just understanding 
implicit constraints that people may have when they're calling into these call centers. Uh, humans definitely are, you know, fit the bill there to solve those problems. And, and then there, of course, like we've talked about, really the drive becomes, well, how do we get them the tools they need to solve that particular problem as effectively as possible? Yeah, I think about uh, flying a lot. You know, myself, I prior to the pandemic would be on quite a lot of flights a year all over the States and uh, even into Europe. And uh, I've been following a lot of the, the flight changes that we've been seeing in the past year. I'm part of a couple flight groups where I see different members who frequently travel. And one airline, I noticed that they've actually been using different AI technology to select where people are seated, especially when they get upgrades going from economy to economy plus into the first class. And it's so fascinating to see the AI at work, you know, putting people together next to each other or separating them because of COVID concerns or other notifications. So it seems that there's a lot of tasks here that, again, AI techniques are able to augment the human workflows and help the agents. And agents are not always someone with a headset on, it could be someone in person, right, being augmented, like the flight stewardess or other agent examples as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great case, exactly the kind of case where AI, I think, would thrive at, right, sort of uh, constraint satisfaction problems, getting these constraints into place, similar to other things that I've talked about earlier, the kinds of augmentations around finding needles in haystacks, right? What is the the exact right information in the company's database that the agent is going to need at that moment in time uh, to solve that case. Those those situations where the range of possibilities is so large, exponential, that really requires efficiency, but also efficiency coupled with learned intelligence, I think, is exactly the automation and augmentation opportunities we see. And taking this all together, one phrase that I found really powerful with ASAP's mission is about surfacing information and workflows that will empower humans to execute on problems better. <laughs> wow, that's so powerful to me. And, you know, thinking through that, can you share with us from, you know, your insights and as a leading researcher, why, Ryan, why are humans better at surfacing relevant information from a customer to really help solve these problems. You mean, why uh, Why is the AI better at surfacing relevant information from a customer to solve these problems? Ah, well, I guess it depends which problem, right? So why, <laughs> why would the AI be better or why would the human be better? That's right. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's exactly it, right? It, it depends on the what information you need to surface, right? You know, if we want to surface workflows, there's a number of situations where the AI is going to be better. As I mentioned before, you know, a large telecommunications company is going to have a lot of different reasons why people might be coming, uh, calling in the call center. And those, the differences between some of those reasons might be quite subtle. So trying to understand which workflow the agent should follow is a really difficult problem. And we have to sort of understand that from the language and then search inside a large database to pull that information out. And, you know, that's in the case where a, a call center, a company has actually codified workflows for issues in a searchable database. If that doesn't exist, another great artificial intelligence problem is how do you actually detect these workflows? Even for companies that have codified workflows, there might be 
you know, updates that haven't been made. So how do you detect when there's certain, you know, sequences of repetitive actions or, or, or sets of actions to solve tasks? You know, how do you do that? Because that's all implicit through the language in the conversation. So that's understanding the language that in this conversation, the language that is used embodies the same set of actions and problems that in some other conversation and aggregating that information and surfacing it in a useful way so that people can search over these workflows. But on the other hand, humans are the ones conversing with the the, the customers and we do have to get that information out from the customers, this sort of subtle information around, well, I see you're traveling with three children. Are there constraints on the time of day you want to fly? Those sorts of things I think are, are still critical to have humans in the loops because there's all these corner cases when trying to solve issues for people calling in and humans are better at recognizing those corner cases and adapting correctly and having the synergy between the artificial intelligence system, getting the agent on the right track, making sure that they're saying the right things to move the issue along in the right way and execute the right actions, coupled with a human who's basically flagging unusual situations and pulling out the right information is, I think, uh, this great opportunity to see effectiveness and uh, proficiency improve. Yeah. In today's uh, most data-intensive applications and workflows do require real-time, real-time insights, real-time results, so that the agents can have the decisions to be augmented and, and made possible. To have real-time insights, that means latency is very important. In your experience, how much does latency matter and how does ASAP design for low latency systems? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question. And it sort of ties back to one of the things I said very early um, here is that we really want to design AI products with humans at the center. And to do that, the experience has to be seamless. We can't have a tool or a piece of software in front of an agent that's making recommendations or suggestions for things that the agent to do, but it's happening even two or three seconds after the fact when those actions should have been executed. The agent will just learn to ignore them because uh, ultimately at that speed and that latency, they're not helping them solve the particular problem. And I think, you know, going back to my days at Google, I think, you know, if you think about Google 20 years ago, one of the, the reasons that they really succeeded in the search space is because of latency. The results were excellent, but they also made sure that you got those results almost instantaneously. And that user experience was great. And in the AI native customer experience platform we've designed, we want that kind of seamless immediate AI responses to be part of it. So we design everything, and that's why it's critical to design these things from the bottom up with AI in mind. All of our artificial intelligence has been designed to serve those latency needs. So to kind of give you a couple examples, the first is automatic speech recognition. So a huge number of calls that come into call centers are still voice. They're not digital. It's not people call, you know, contacting over chat. It's people you know, calling in on their phone. And in those situations, if we want to make any suggestions to agents, we need to have super fast automatic speech recognition so that we can transcribe what's happening, use the information we're pulling from the conversation, send that to our artificial intelligence models, and, and get the information back. So there's two sides there. One is 
The AI models have to be fast in their suggestions, but we also have to make sure that the automatic speech recognition is getting us the information as quickly as possible. So we've done actually some great research in that space, what we call uh, multi-mode ASR. And the idea here is that automatic speech recognition can be more accurate. So we want also top-line accuracy when building these models. If you have a little bit of look-ahead, that means you let the conversation play out a little bit before you transcribe what's happened before. But the longer you let the conversation play out, the longer the latency is going to be. And so the work we've done here is trying to build general models where you can basically specify based on the latency how far you want that look ahead to be. So you can really have this knob that allows you to balance automatic speech recognition accuracy with latency and and try to find the sweet spot so that we do get the information out of the system as quickly as possible. On the other side, On the uh, artificial intelligence model side, we've done uh, a bunch of work on specialized architectures that are are just super fast. So we live in a world of of deep learning. They use architectures that are are very big, uh, use a lot of memory, use a lot of CPU and, and GPU. But obviously, like I said, we can't you know, wait many seconds to get predictions back to agents. So we've focused on building out something called SRU++, which is an architecture where we can take super high accurate AI models and then distill them into these faster architectures, which allows us to get into these, you know, millisecond range so we can get responses back to agents in milliseconds. And that really is going to affect how much they use those suggestions at the end of the day. So it's it's extremely important. We definitely design for it. And I think uh, without it, ultimately, the augmentations that we suggest just wouldn't be used. It's exciting to hear about the research like SRU++ and how it's accelerating the industry. And thinking from what's been built today at ASAP and to what's next on the product roadmap as a result of lessons learned or the biggest feature requests from your customers, can you tease to the audience what we should be seeing in the coming uh, months and years? Yeah. So I, you know, some things that I'm very excited about. So one I'm particularly excited about is something we call agent journey. And here, what we've recognized is that, you know, in task-oriented dialogue, so task-oriented dialogue is this modality where two people are having a conversation and they want to solve a particular problem, right? So this is customer care exactly. And almost all the research in ASAP is is focused under the umbrella of task-oriented dialogue. But when solving problems in that space, obviously there's a lot of information in the conversation. The customer is telling us things and the agent is, is responding. But there's also a lot of information that's happening outside of the conversation. The agent has opened some tools. They might be reading a knowledge base. They might have opened up a a tool that allows them to search flight recommendations if the the customer is in the airline industry. And in order to really make headway in task-oriented dialogue, we have to really make that recognition that we need to go beyond what's happening in the conversation and see everything, all the information and all the actions that the agent can possibly do on their computer. And so Agent Journey is a product where we you know, put a piece of software on the agent's computer and it allows us to access into all the tools they're using, how they're using them, how that interacts with the conversation that's ongoing. And initially on our roadmap, we already have partnered to do analytics, try to understand of these tools 
that agents are using, which are the most effective, which are the least effective, what are certain paths and tools agents use to try to solve problems, to really understand the space, and then blow that out into now that I understand the kinds of tools that they're using outside of the conversation to solve issues, can we integrate all that information? Can we start to integrate what they're looking at in another piece of software to make suggestions for what they do next or suggestions for what they say next? And vice versa, if we see the conversation up to some point in time, the artificial intelligence should know that, oh, you're going to have to open up this tool and make this particular query. And agent journey is really you know, our effort in that space to understand everything holistically that the agent is doing to really make headway in task-oriented dialogue. Well, I'm super excited to see the continued growth in ASR and task-oriented dialogue and, and all these different uh, elements of the growth of AI for customer success, for customer care, and the customer experience industry. Ryan McDonald, the Chief Scientist of ASAP, thanks so much for joining us today on Humane. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Humane Podcast. Did the episode measure up to your thoughts on ML and AI, data science, developer tools, and technical education? Share your thoughts with me at humanepodcast.com forward slash contact. Remember to share this episode with a friend, subscribe and leave a review, and listen for more episodes of Humane. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.